Okay, mine's recording. I think we got it. What? Sick what? <laughs> Shout out Anthony Clark, dude. Love to see that dude back. Anyways, um, this is episode seven of Shred the Shit. Uh, Gage is across the ocean. He flew there in a big old jet plane. And I'm in my closet uh, drinking coffee and uh, I'm going to go train here soon. Gage is going to eat dinner and go to sleep because Europe doesn't know how time works. You know, it's like 10 a.m. here. <laughs> we should just all be on the same time zone just to save us the trouble. Yeah, we should go back to the mid, mid-1800s <laughs> when, when we didn't have time zones and the only reason we created them was for railroads. Yeah, I think that was great. It's I like, think so too, dude. It's like what China does. That is true. They, they only have one time zone. Doesn't Russia do the same thing? No, I think time, or they have time zones there, but I don't think China does. I could be wrong though. Don't, don't fact check us and call us out on our untrue facts. <laughs> well, considering no one leaves any comments, I don't think anyone's gonna call us out. <laughs> there will be one person. I, I feel like. True. You know that kid Moss who called me out for the length of the Moffat Tunnel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, Moss. You just got a shout-out on the podcast. <laughs> um, Free publicity. Well, and speaking of weird time zones, uh, Newfoundland, right? That's the part of Canada that's above uh, above Maine, right? I, I think that's the Quebec. No, no, the one to the right of Quebec. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Newfoundland. They're on a thirty-minute time zone too. Ooh. Yeah, so they're they're thirty minutes ahead of Quebec or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be a really tough time zone to deal with. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like I'd rather just take the full hour. Yeah, or not. Or or leave it. Yeah. But then again, I mean, we do daylight savings time, so who are we to judge? Except for Arizona and parts of Indiana, or maybe all well, of Indiana. And, yeah, yeah, but here's what's also confusing about the, the Arizona one. <laughs> this is a really weird way to start our podcast. Yeah, anyways, here's what's, here's what's so confusing about the Arizona one. Um, this time of year, we are synced up to the time zone with them, okay? Yeah. Every other time of year, when you drive into Arizona from Colorado... The time zone doesn't change when you get into Arizona, because once you drive into Arizona, you're in the Indian Reservation. Oh. Who abides by abides by daylight savings time. Okay. So, so you don't change time zones until you hit Flagstaff. You drive like three or like a quarter of the length of the state. So it's even before... more confusing. I know, dude. <laughs> it's even. I mean, could you imagine like? Here, the the other more confusing thing is that it's like those little enclaves of of the Indian reservations trying to do business in those that time of year where you're like oh we're an hour behind this place that I have to go to in the center of town yeah that seems that difficult. just seems like a pain yeah yeah so I guess my 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 platform is let's bring back no time zones. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, anyways, everyone, uh, welcome to Shred the Shit, episode seven. Uh, Gage and I both just got back from from Canada. Well, got back is a strong word. Um, I got home from Midland on Monday night, 
And Gage got on a uh, what type of plane you fly, dude? Uh, seven four seven actually. It's sweet. Nice. Gage flew a seven forty seven over to Amsterdam and then took the train down to Sittard to the USA Cycling um, overseas base where he is for the next two weeks. Um, so he's kind of home-ish. I mean, he gets to drink some good coffee, so I guess that counts. Oh, yeah. We already hit Coffee Mundo, and we're less than, I guess we're a little bit over 24 hours. Less than 48 hours in. Dude, that's proper. It it was good. It was definitely a good trip. <laughs> so you're there before anyone else gets there, even. even. Um, but you've been there so much. I mean, you know just about every road in the Limburg region, I have a feeling. I don't know if I know every road. There's quite a bit of road, or quite a few roads here. Um, it's not like America where it's all grids and widely spaced. It's like every couple hundred feet, there's a new path going off to the right and through the woods. But it's, it's, I'm quite familiar with the area, I guess. I still get lost all the time. But that, I feel like, is pretty typical for my riding style. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> anyone that knows Gage knows that getting lost is his M.O. There's not well, a single ride you do with the man that you don't get lost. I always know where approximately I am. It's just not knowing where the roads lead and always wanting to try new things because I'm curious. Well, there's no mountains for to guide you around. Exactly. How am I supposed to know which way to go? Dude, I know. We're, us Colorado boys are lost anywhere. <laughs> How's DJ treating you like that? All your big... Oh, I guess you got mountains to the north, too. Mountains to the south and well, north. Well, no, we have so many... There's so many landmarks in Grand Junction. Like, the book cliffs are always to your north, northeast. The monuments always to your southwest. And then the mesa's always to your east. Like, it's really hard to get lost because instead of just, oh, the mountains are on the west, you have, like, three landmarks. So if you get lost, you got problems. You can triangulate real well. Yeah, I mean, okay, I take that back. If you get lost while you're in the valley, you got problems. <laughs> Once you get up out of the valley, it's a little easier to get lost. A little but difficult. still, it's also all gridded. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, true. you can just... Your rides are perfect squares everywhere. Yeah, dude, there's nothing like squares. It's like a ghetto velodrome. (laughs) Just all left turns all day. That's what I should do today. I should only take left turns. I've actually tried doing that before on some of my rides, and you can still end up in my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. I wonder if I could do that. I might try that today. I got three hours to kill do it just don't get it yourself really like stuck on the monument have to make right turn be yeah then i'm screwed yeah then i have to then i have to jump off a cliff <laughs> and my <laughs> friends didn't even pressure me into it i feel like i'm kind of pressuring you right now but <laughs> well it doesn't count you're across the ocean okay okay you know the pressure as long can't as go that, that didn't far. count yeah, not at all. <laughs> so, all that being said, um, you're gone for the next two weeks. Um, good thing we don't have like a podcast studio or anything because we wouldn't be doing a podcast. So no. we're still gonna do podcasts. 
Um, Gage is going to get to tell us some stories about racing in Europe. Um, maybe we'll get an interview going because that could work out pretty well if you're with someone that's worth interviewing. Who knows? Yeah, we'll figure that out. Um, but so what I really want to talk about is our trip to Canada. Um, 2019 Pan American Cyclocross Championships held in Midland, Ontario, um, about two hours north of Toronto, uh, on the bay and then on a little lake. Super fun race. Canada's cool. Um, so yeah, tell me about your travel day to get to Midland, Gage. Well, we, uh, we travel on Friday, which isn't always exactly great but it worked out okay i guess for in the end um for me it was fine because i made i had a one-stop flight newark and then straight up to buffalo and then we drove from buffalo across the border up to midland so it was a bit of a long day for me but not nearly as bad as lance had it where his flight out of san luis obispo in california got canceled and set his whole travel day back about five hours. And I think he ended up landing in Buffalo at midnight. So Let, Let's yeah. be real. There's not a race that's worse to travel to for Lance. No, no. Like, I think even, even Europe could be easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cause, yeah, I think it is because there's not like a five-hour drive afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it was three and a half, but that's still pretty big. That's I, And a country crossing. Mm-hmm. Border crossing. And a Canada. Borders. Yeah, I love the Canadian border. <laughs> They're either really serious or, like, totally casual. There's no in-between. <laughs> our, our, uh, the lady who checked us at our crossing was super into bike racing, so she was, she was asking us about <laughs> <laughs> cyclocross and racing that makes your life easy yeah it was nice they didn't search your whole van oh we were in the subaru forester oh rental car no it was uh don's girlfriend's um car that's pretty because cool, she lives dude. in buffalo that's pretty cool you got to rally that thing i didn't get to rally it but we were in it yeah you should have taken it out for a spin that's all i'm saying dude i should have yeah, dude. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. So, uh, you guys got there Saturday. Uh, we all raced on Saturday. Yeah. Um, weird conditions on Saturday, I'd say. Um, it's like half tacky, half kind of slippery. Not real slippery, yeah. but kind of slippery. Yeah, for sure. And, and fast. Yeah, definitely fast. Every corner you're sprinting out of. Yeah, you want to run us through the course real quick? Give a uh, loose overview? Yeah, you pretty much started out on this road section that kind of curved up at the end, and then you did a few turns and passed by the pit once, and that was pretty much all flat, but there's a little bit of elevation loss to it. Um, and I'm trying to remember, you go up, and you start to climb the hill a little bit, and you do the first run-up, which was two logs with some just dirt running after it and that was all foothold out which was nice 
Um, and then you got a few little ascents and you kind of wind your way back across um, to the to the front half of the course again and then back up the hill via the staircase and down to the finish. Yeah, the, that was that was a tough section of the course. Yeah. <laughs> it was like super technical. Um, I mean, you recovered a little bit for sure, but then you ran like three sets of stairs. They were, they were all pretty steep and long. Yeah, they were hard stairs too cuz for for the guys anyways, it was I don't think anybody could keep up doing single steps cuz they're way too tight to do single steps. But they're also massive. And then they were and, and then they were really hard to do double steps. <laughs> yeah. I oh. someone used that as a path, as a tactic to make me pass them. Like they wanted me to pass them, so they ran them singles. I was like, That's "Smart, oh, I like it." Okay, yeah. I mean, initially I was like, "What's this idiot doing?" And then I realized, <laughs> "Oh, he wants me to tow him around." <laughs> okay. Then. I mean, he had to keep up with you on the descent right afterwards, so that—that's something. Yeah, but then there's the road section. Fair enough. I was I was being that guy on the road section on Saturday, even though I was way back in the field. Um. The wind was coming from the left, and so I just rode as far to the right side of the barriers as I could, <laughs> just to, to try to gutter people for fun. I was like, whatever, nice. I'll do it. Steer and so I rolled across probably... that thing at like 100 watts one lap. We were going real slow looking at each other. Well, you got to take it easy sometimes, dude. I mean, you need to rest. Yeah, we were just trying to take an easy break between openers for Sunday. Yeah, for, I mean, it was just intervals, really, let's, let's be honest. <laughs> he just had one more than you, and that's why he beat you. Exactly. I should have done one more. <laughs> you should have done another opener. Oh. Um, so, as you alluded to, Saturday, you battled with Steven. Um, Curtis and Kerry both sat it out. Um, yeah. You battled with, with Steven, and he kind of left you with, I don't know, two to go, right? One, one and a half? Two or three? Two, probably two, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I was kind of on the edge of being dropped for a little while, so there's, there wasn't a clear point, but we got there eventually. I think the only reason I caught him initially was because he took a bike, um, and so I got back a 10-second gap, but after that, it was all chasing again. Yeah, and you guys were kind of in your class of your own. Um, I mean, obviously, I wasn't up there to tell, but seems like you guys kind of just went mano a mano like three laps in and and everyone else is kind of just scraggling behind yeah i guess yeah it was, i guess it was kind of just both of us most of the day it was good that was interesting yeah i'm surprised that you guys didn't save a little more um i was trying but i mean it worked out well for you <laughs> yeah definitely was a good opener for the next day i, I needed that after the plane yeah, I bet. Um, and I bet Lance needed it, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a rough trip for him, unfortunately. Yeah. So, we'll discuss Lance in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I thought I thought Saturday was... I mean, it was... It's such a cool course. I really... Oh, I love it. ...enjoy that course. I think it has a lot of potential. The parking sucks. The venue isn't amazing. 
um, well, from a spectator standpoint. But the I think the parking's so sick. The parking's not terrible, but you have to walk like a hundred meters. Yeah, they need to they need to organize it differently from a course standpoint to to really be able to utilize that whole parking area. Um, but man, I'd love to see this course as as even more than Pan Am's. I think it has a lot of potential. Oh, totally. Yeah, it, it could be a, just one of the bigger races in the world. I don't want to say a World Cup necessarily because we'll see what happens with that next year. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a cool course. And um, Saturday wasn't my favorite because it's super fast. I mean, obviously, you know me. It's not super advantageous to me. Um, but it's still a fun course, and there's lots of corners to get sideways on, and you can rip it and really... Oh, yeah. Really have a good time. Um, yeah. So then moving on to Sunday, we got some precipitation kind of midway through the day. Um, it was looking like it was going to be another really fast day, if not faster than Saturday. Um, and the opposite kind of happened. It rained super hard for about an hour, and it got it got loose. Um, yeah, it was it was gnarly. Uh, it luckily, was it was sloppy. enough to get down to the next level of soil, so it wasn't just surface. But yeah, for sure. And and I feel like the worst part for you is that it happened after your pre ride, <laughs> so you kind of went into the race a little blind. Yeah, that was that was kind of annoying. I, I had to ask Lance what tire pressure he had moved to, and. Um, I was definitely guessing a lot the first lap on lines, so that um, yeah, was interesting. But it was it was still good. Um, we started in that first corner. I didn't really know what to expect, and tried to lead into it. But uh, Lane Maher was on my inside, and I guess um, he just had sat there, and I didn't see him coming in there. And so I almost pushed him into the barrier, and he pushed me. And there was some good. Um, good rubbing going through the first bend, which was kind of off camber and slick anyway. So yeah, we almost took out the whole field, but after that it was good. Yeah. What was your, was your strategy to kind of start a little slower so you could get a feel for it? Yeah. I wanted to make sure I was at the front so I didn't have to be stuck behind something big if something happened in that corner. Uh, but I also wanted to make sure I was not leading the entire first lap. And, yeah, for sure, yeah. and and you kind of sat in the group. Um, I yeah. got to watch your race a little bit, and you were in the group for the first two laps, kind of just watching lines and um, trying to figure out where and what you were going to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you obviously executed it pretty well. Definitely. I, a little bit of that was on purpose, and a little bit of that was the fact that Eric and Spence were – uh, riding real well for the first two laps, so it wasn't. I don't think I could have made much of a different choice if I wanted to, but um, yeah, it worked out pretty well. After after a couple laps, you can kind of figure out the lines and figure out um, places where you can kind of make up time on people, and j- just went off from there. Yeah, and, and you went solo with three laps to go. I think it was I mean, three laps. I think you guys only did five laps. Yeah, something like that. So. Uh, yeah, three laps to go is when I remember having the gap and 
um, yeah, just kept going from there and kind of time trialed and um, I was getting time checks from the pit crew and um, yeah, it was it was a good day. Just kept the throttle in all the way up all day, pretty much. What was your What was your favorite part of the course? Ooh, uh, there's so many good parts. I would probably I would probably have to say that shoot was my favorite part. It was so gnarly. And just you're riding on the edge of your comfort zone the entire way down, if not over the edge. And then when you get down, you just get have to take off again and back into it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and and what was your what was your what was the part of the course that challenged you the most? It challenged me the most. Well, that we talked about the staircase. Uh, that was probably the most challenging part, but if I wanted to come up with something new, uh, it'd probably be those little, like, up-down things right before the staircase. I felt like I never could figure out quite the line through there that was fast, so. Yeah, and, and it was easy to, I mean, obviously you weren't with people, um, but it was really easy to kind of get gapped a little bit if you weren't on the bike straight away or you had something else go wrong um and then and then it compounded because you were into the stairs there was i mean how many dismounts were there in that section during the race there was i mean you dismounted like seven times in the space of a minute yeah it was... which is that's tough to deal with yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh it was I haven't done that kind of off and on, off and on since a race a while ago like back in I think it was uh Austin where we did pretty much off the bike, on the bike ride like maybe 200 meters then off the bike and on the bike again and there you're doing left and right side dismounts all over the place. Um, so this is a good one to kind of get back into doing that a little bit. And I know being over here in Europe, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot like that where you're going to have, um, dismounts all over the place and, um, yeah, so just trying to do that. But, uh, I think that was probably one of my, one of the hardest parts for me was just kind of getting used to getting back on and off like that and then riding the off cambers. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, and you could you could lose so much time through there oh, not being yeah. smooth. Yeah, I remember then, the lap I got the gap was actually when Spencer, I don't think he, he messed up a little bit, I guess, because he did hit the post. But when he hit the post, his bike kind of got tangled up in that. Um, so that was kind of where the initial big gap came from. Right on. Yeah, that, that off-camera section before the stairs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last lap for me, I was totally blown. And I crashed so hard. I mean, it wasn't even like I was battling anyone. There was Lance was like a minute behind me, <laughs> and I crashed so hard, dude. I like broke a shoe, bent my shifter, like, and had to just limp it into the finish. It was, <laughs> it was rough. But I mean, it was such a, it was such an unpredictable section of the course. Um, and I thought, I mean, it really made for exciting racing, which was, I mean, it's great to have that you know not one person just ride away or dominate um i mean you kind of did but it's also a different 
scenario. You know, Definitely. it's an unpredictable course, which I think is super sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So talk me through your race. I mean, you had a good good day out there, sitting third wheel for most of it. Yeah, for sure. I um, wanted to ride with that with Carrie and, and Curtis for as long as I could. Um, that was kind of my plan going into the day. It wasn't to go for a result necessarily. Um, it was to push myself, um, and see what I could do with them. And so off the start, I had an average start and kind of ended up fifth wheel, um, with, with Lance and Grant ahead of me. Um, and that's kind of how the first lap shook out. Lance had a, had an issue. He dropped back and then it was me and Grant kind of chasing Curtis and Carrie. Um, I think Grant made a mistake on the shoot. Um, and I ended up with that front group. Um, I watched, I watched Bill at Crosshairs, um, CX Hairs. He, he made like a 35 minute video, which is super great. I mean, it was basically the entire race with a couple minutes cut out. Um, uh, Cody was back there with us kind of chasing. Um, but I made contact with, with Curtis and Carrie, I think on the second lap. Um, and I stayed with them for the next two laps, kind of just trying to ride smooth and stay with them and stay focused. Um, but I also knew, like I could tell by the way they were riding. It was, it was like, wow, either I'm really strong today or they haven't started pushing each other hard yet. Um, and coming into three laps to go or something, I think they really pushed hard. They really went on. Um, and that's when I knew, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to be in contention for this. Um, but I got to ride with them for over half the race. And that's really good practice for nationals. You know, I think um, kind of coming back out of a slump for me and, and to ride up there and get that practice was was key. I mean, it was super fun and um, felt really confident. And it's just such a, it's just such a fun course to to ride. You know, someone's always stronger in one section and there's just a section for everyone. Definitely. Um, so I, I was with them for first half the race and then I blew up really spectacularly. I had a gauge level bonk. Um, last lap I couldn't see straight. So I kind of just guessed as to where to put my tires. <laughs> hey, uh, that happens. And then I crashed. So, you know, that's how that went. Yeah. But it yeah. was super fun. I mean, I have nothing but praise for that event and that course. Um, and I don't know what's happening next year, but man, I'd love to go back. Yeah. I, I don't know if where Pain Ames will be, if it's there again or not, but it would I heard a like rumor. To would love to I heard see a that rumor it's going to be in Cabo. Ooh. Nah, I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't leave me on these things, Brandon. <laughs> I get excited easily. I wish I wouldn't have said that. We could have just started the rumor mill. <laughs> it's still gonna go. People are gonna pause the video and not come back, or come pause the podcast and not come and back. tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get Bill to tweet about it. <laughs> Cycling controversy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think I think we're both in agreement. That's such a that's a great venue. I mean, yeah, I want to race there more. 
Yeah. Well, not many races in the U.S. anyways. Do you get the very Belgian kind of scenery where you're just like riding on the beach next to a small lake? Yeah, or through a playground <laughs> in like you can tell that like it's a park and shit. Like it's cool. You know, it's like it's a really nice event. Um and I would love to see it as a as a top level event next year. Um, Definitely. It would go on my calendar, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Really good. But the only downside so is that forward, it's in Midland in um that's two hours from Toronto. So Yeah, traveling there isn't easy. But I mean it's just so fun. You gotta make some sacrifices to do good races. Yeah, and and I mean if we did back to back weekends kinda up there in that area, that mm-hmm. would be even easier. You know, 'cause they have they have Canadian nationals the weekend beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um not saying that I'd go up there for a C two the day after Canadian Nationals. But yeah, I think they could do something where where you spend kinda two weekends up there and make it worth it. Definitely. Be cool. Yeah, it would be. So looking forward, um you're racing Tabor this year or this next weekend. That's um Well, no, I'm not, I'm just staying here in Belgium. Um you are? Doing, yeah, I'm doing Flandrian Cross. You're not going to race Tavor? No, uh, just some of the recovery and some of the logistics is just going to be a pain in the butt to get done. So um, we're doing Flandering Cross here, and then uh, next week we'll do um, uh, one other UCI race and then Coxida. Okay, so is everyone staying in Belgium? Yep. Oh, okay. All right, then. Never mind. I was going to say you're going back to where it all started for you and I. I know Tabor. that would have been sweet. We could have gone and drove like the hour and a half down to was it Trebone? Yeah. What are the odds we stayed in the town called Trebone? <laughs> Walk along the lake in the early morning. Yeah, live, reliving the glory days, dude. But that was really where you and I's friendship blossomed, you know, because then next year we ended up on the same team. Um, but that's also a fun course. I'm kind of sad for you that you're not getting to race it. I know. It's a good I'm course for too, you. But yeah. Can't race everything. A lot of straightaways. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. A lot of straightaways, <laughs> and it's too bad. It might snow again this year there. So. Oh, that's be so good. Like worlds again. So, wait, which Flandrian cross are you doing? Um, the oh. Hama? Hama, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one with mm. the berms and everything. That'll be a good course for you. You racing U twenty threes? Yeah, I believe so. Right on. Yeah, so be good. you got that to look forward to. Um, is that Sunday? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Sunday. I haven't so looked. Race is Sunday, okay. and then Saturday, Sunday, the next weekend, and then jet home. Jet home. Are you gonna? I mean, your dad made this comment to me, and this is totally unrelated to what I'm about to ask you. He said it sounds like you and I just have a phone call and record it and put it on the internet. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not too far off of what we are doing. <laughs> no, we kind of switch between like casual phone call and like, so tell me about this. Anyways, um, <laughs> are you going to race Ruts and Guts or no? Uh, no, no. I think that's just a lot of travel in the span of 
the time we're doing, and then to have one weekend off and turn right around, and then nationals in Europe. So, um, yeah. But instead, you're coming to my house. Yeah, we'll come to your house, uh, wreak havoc on Junction for a week, and then uh, go to nationals. Yeah, for sure. Um, Also, another question that, you know, you can choose not to tell. Um, Are you going to race elites again at nationals, or are you racing U23? Uh, I think the the current choice is to race the elites, but uh, if if you want, we can try to keep the U23 scared by saying I haven't made up my mind yet. Yeah, you haven't made your mind yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you gotta give Lance and I a chance, dude. <laughs> Lance and I have been scheming all year to how we're gonna win, how we're gonna go one two. So you better watch out. Oh, okay. I can't even deal with that right now, dude. You can get in on this plan, but you might have to take the third slot. Oh, I don't know about that, dude. I don't know who else I would scheme with though. So. So I guess I'm stuck. You can talk Rooster into doing it. He's into racing the elites. <laughs> hey, Ross, I know it's your first year on the team and you're a third year U23, but how about you just commit to racing elite nationals? <laughs> I like that plan, dude. Yeah, just lead him out or lead you out. Yeah, for sure, dude. It'll for be sure. good. So you're racing this weekend in Belgium. I'm racing this weekend in Fruta with Jake Wells. Nice. We're going to get get a little loosey-goosey and have a great time in Fruta. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all. I mean, I'm excited to check in with you next week and talk more about Europe and, and how Flandrian goes. Um, I don't know if there will be a live feed for your race. There's definitely going to be a live feed for the Fruta race. But Will if there's there? a live feed for... No, of course not. I was going to say, a live feed... some good production there in Fruta. Top quality, dude. If there's a live feed for your U23 race, um, I'll make sure to post a link to it, and um, hopefully you all wake up 6 a.m. to watch Gage race, or probably earlier Better. than 6. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you and I both had good weekends in, in Canada. Um glad you made it over to Europe safely and um as we post this this afternoon because I'm going to post it after I train um Gage posted his new vlog so go oh, watch thanks, that bud. um we'll plug that and um yeah don't forget to subscribe to this podcast um we're on Spotify and iTunes now um hopefully we'll be on some other stuff soon I'm trying to figure that out um but really leave us leave us a comment um follow us on instagram at brandon fix at gc hecht um follow at shred the shit um tell us what you want us to talk about i mean we kind of just have a phone call for 30 minutes um but we're willing to talk about anything you know philosophy morals the military the right-wing military coup in bolivia um anything just give us a topic and and we'll talk about it (laughs) so there's that i hope you guys all have a great weekend of racing and uh good luck this weekend gage thanks brandon have fun in fruta yeah dude i always have fun in fruta good point all right peace we'll see you brandon